Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one. You have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. And my guest today, all the way from Amsterdam, is a behavioural consultant who's been working on increasing effective communication for over 19 years in the banking, healthcare, commercial and education sectors. Her aim and focus is giving people and organisations a wake-up call in a professional and informal way, enabling them to learn new behaviours and to use these effectively and appropriately. With her business, The Behaviour Company, which was founded in 2006, she's been developing customised courses in English and in Dutch for a variety of companies, organisations and institutions. The customers are managers, directors and professionals who wish to communicate and influence more effectively in order to achieve their goals. Described as passionate, straightforward, as well as committed, please welcome Anne Marcher Ord. Anne Marcher, how are you today? Well, James, thank you so much. That is absolutely perfect how you pronounce my name. I'm impressed, I must say. <laughs> Do you know what? I uh, Obviously, we spoke before and I did ask you how to pronounce it. And then I was practicing. There's a video on YouTube of someone explaining how to pronounce different Dutch names. And I thought, right, I'm going to get this right. And so if that's if that's close enough, I'm happy because my, my lips won't move in any better direction than that. No, it's really impressive. And just to make it a bit more easier, you can call me Anna. It's no problem. <laughs> well, I try not to. I um, We went years and years ago before my children were born. Mandy and I went for our last big holiday to China, um, which, uh, you know, people aren't traveling there. Well, won't be traveling, I don't think, for a while. But um, And everybody we met had a lovely Chinese name, and they always told you something else. So they tell you the name, and then they'd say, you can call me Carol. Yes. And I always thought that was really disappointing. I thought, You've got a name. I want to learn how to, na- to pronounce it. It's only right. Well, well, if you want to, you can call me Anamarja, but it's, I just want to make it clear. I saw that actually <laughs> anyway. in China. You have these classes where they choose an English name and they have these stickers on, so they refer to themselves in the class as well. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a, I think it's sad, but anyway. <laughs> how, how are things in Amsterdam today? Is it nice and sunny there too? No, actually, it's a bit, well, you, there's sometimes the sun pops uh, out, so to say, but uh, it's it's not the best weather. We had fantastic weather a few days ago, but now it's just um, well, a bit gloomy, you know, not the best. Well, it's a lovely city to be in anyway, but uh, it's uh, it's one of my favourite places to visit, except in the winter when it's so cold there. What's what? Tell me about the Behaviour Company. How did you start it? How? What was the story that led you to to, to where you are now? I started it in two thousand and six, and I think it was because I was stubborn. I was working in a different company at that time. And I wanted to do it my way. I think that is the summoning up. Um, There are a lot of training companies and coaching companies, but I thought, this is my belief, that it could be a bit firmer sometimes. 
so that's uh, no, no well, and I and I did it. So I'm very happy that I made that choice at that. It was really exciting, of course, and I didn't know if I would make the right choice, but I couldn't help myself, so to say. And so, what do what what brings a company? Well, what brings a business, a person to to you guys? Why why would they want to come and work with you? Well, usually they want to be confronted. Um, especially when you're in, you know, in a certain uh, setting in, in your business and you're in a management team or you're a CEO, sometimes you don't get feedback anymore because people don't dare to do this, I would say. Right. Um, or they give you feedback in a way that is not enough for you. So usually people come to us because they really want to know and really want to focus on their own behavior, like who am I, what do I do, can you please explain to me what can I do differently, so it's all about being confronted with behavior. You say people aren't getting feedback anymore. Is that because they just um, within the business they don't people don't feel they can give it, or is it just because they haven't got the mechanisms around them for that? Or how do you, how does that situation occur? Well, I think it's both. Sometimes people are afraid because it's hierarchy, and and, and they don't dare. If boss says yes, you can tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they're a bit reluctant to do it. But sometimes it's also because of time and, uh, you know, people focus on their business and sometimes they forget that behavior is a part of it or, yeah, then they don't take the time to do that. And what, so what are they looking for from you though? I mean, I understand you say they want to be confronted, they're not getting that fear, but what what are they, what, what are they looking for as an outcome? I think in the end that they want to learn what they can do differently or improve or enhance. And that means that what we try to do is really give them specific feedback. So if somebody says, yeah, I want to lead my team in a different way, then we're not just saying, okay, you you can do this, but kind of give them, sometimes I compare it to a painter, you know, you've got all these colors, but sometimes you're just used to use maybe blue and yellow or something. Yeah. Uh, but if you give them different ideas and different behaviors and different choices, that's what they want to achieve from us. So options, I think that's the word. Yeah, different options in behavior. And is that to make them more efficient, more effective, to make them better leaders? What What is it that they're looking for? All of the above. <laughs> right, okay. Well, what you say is you want to... You want to be unique and, and not just as a company, but also as a person. You want to achieve your goals. And if you see that it's not happening uh, and, and you do know what you want, it's very frustrating because they know what they want. And, and it's not about the money. It's not about also, of course, but it's also about really getting things done. And if you feel like, okay, I have to do something, I want to influence the situation and I don't know how then that's helpful if you can focus on your own behavior or also focus on what so far is the effect of your behavior because a lot of people aren't aware of that either. Most people will say, most businesses and leaders will say, I want to be better, I want to improve, I want to look at what I'm doing, be honest with me, tell me the facts. Yeah. But people don't often like it when you tell them the facts. (laughs) True. Is that is do you is that something you find? I mean, I I know in my my own world that's that's been a thing for me. I always wanted to know the truth, but when I got the truth, sometimes I didn't really enjoy that. Yeah, and and the truth is always you can say is it a truth or is it an impression? What we try to mm-hmm. say is this is the effect you have on certain people, and you will have different effects on others. Yeah. But 
so the truth yeah then what is the truth um it's not always it's not always nice for them and and yeah i mean even for ourselves if you get feedback even if people say something like oh you know i failed I, you, people don't want to fail or they don't they want to do well those kind of things so if mm -hmm. you are addressed with something that you can improve it's not always nice to hear that but because they are eager to learn and they they want to achieve something that is okay and i hope i, I tell them in a way that they're not offended all the time <laughs> so that helps well i guess i guess you know what you mentioned in i mentioned in your uh, your intro there you know straightforward mm -hmm. um you know i think you, you often need to be when i when i said the truth i guess what i mean by that is that you know someone's perception of you is their yeah. reality um and and how you affect others i guess is is you know it's going to be very very different all the time how do you get that information how, so give us an idea of sort of how how things go i, I come to you in my business as i am and much i don't know what's going on here but i really want to get better i'm not getting the results i want from people what do you do well then i would first compliment you because then you're a brave leader I don't right. know. Yeah, not, not, as you said, not a lot. Not a lot of leaders do that. So first, I would say, well, well done, James. Right. My compliments. Right. Um, usually, what we do is we ask them what isn't going well um, to make it more specific. Because if people say we want to be better, we want to communicate better, that that is such a broad question. That's mm -hmm. really difficult. So we try to go into detail. What is it that is missing or that's lacking? Is it the team? Is it you know all those kind of things? Right. And then. We try to, depends if it's a team or a, or a person, but we always say what we try to do is we we scrutinize them. It's maybe uh -huh. a harsh word, but we try to observe them, if possible, during a setting at their job, which these days, of course, is not really possible because we can't visit people. Um, sure. But we we try to work with psychological tests or with conversations and during those conversations we really focus on tell us about your behavior or we observe them watching mm. their behavior so that would be the first step and then we try to match like what are you doing and what what is the effect what are, sometimes you just want to emphasize that it's really good what they're doing because that might be the case that they think they're not doing it right but mm -hmm that it is going well. So we call that part, that's part two, confronting. Um, right. And sometimes when it doesn't match the goal, which usually is the case because they observe that themselves, of course, then we go further into detail and we try to create assignments that they have to try out to go to new behavior. We give them advice on why don't you do this? Or maybe you can go for that uh, situation, you know? So we... We help them practice new behavior, um, and usually it's 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 in the details. It's so funny sometimes even that I ha I coached one person one day, and he wasn't looking people in the eye when when he was talking to them, which right. is a minor thing you could say, and a huge thing at the same time. So just by addressing that, and we started with just start. I'm just trying to do, start to look people in the eye. And the effect was amazing, of course, but um, mm -hmm. that's a minor thing and a big thing. But it's a cultural thing as well at times, isn't it? I mean, because obviously you work across different countries, um, you know, Holland and, and England, very close in, in geographical proximity, but very, very different cultures. Yeah. Um, 
Do you, do you find that? I mean, when you mention that looking in the eye thing, I, I think back to um, a story of, of someone working with with um, kids here who'd come from Africa, and um, they wouldn't look at the at, at an adult in the eye because it was seen as being rude. Yeah, true. Or to them, um, is 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 there a massive cultural difference that you find in different in different businesses? Mm, well, there's. This is a question that people ask a lot. And of course, you can always notice cultural differences. But what I try to do, which has helped me and my business so far, is just to look mm. at human behavior. Right. So, for instance, when we talk about feedback in the Netherlands, when you give feedback, it's, it's mm. a bit firm. You know, you just say what, even up to the point where, where we say hey, it doesn't mean that it's true. You know, that's why I responded to that right. because sometimes people think that their opinion is the truth so sure. when when they give feedback in the Netherlands it's very direct the opposite you could say I thought in the beginning um was in England or uh, where people kind of do not tell each other what they think about each other uh so there right. were lots of training sessions I did there but in the end and that's why it was so funny they just needed to understand how you can give proper feedback that has a content that it's not shocking. Uh, what I said at one point in a training session is that it can be even rude not to give feedback. And mm -hmm. with that construct, they started to change um, their opinion on feedback because they, then they thought it was valuable. And they, in the beginning, thought it was you know, negative or rude to give feedback, but but just right. changing the cultural cultural perception, at least in that setting, by saying it could also be rude not to tell somebody. And we're like, oh yes, that's actually a thing. So to yeah. to say something about cultural differences, I think if we look at human behavior, we're all different humans, and one person dares to give feedback, and the other one doesn't. So that's a bit. Different. I think it's interesting what you say there. And one of the, I mean, what, what occurred to me while you were talking is that oh, you know, obviously, if I if I'm seeking feedback, if I'm the one who comes to you and says, "Listen, I really want you to tell me that you know what you see," <laughs> yeah, the truth. <laughs> um, but I guess it's based on observation, isn't it? I mean, you're not saying to these people, "You're a nasty person." What you're saying is, "My observation of your behaviour is this, and if we change these things, this this is the result you're going to get." Is that is that kind of the right getting the right idea from you yeah definitely although and and this is where it gets a bit tricky sometimes i i how do you say this i try to sometimes what i try to do if somebody comes across as a nasty person mm -hmm. i would i would try to give you the opportunity to say that Right. Because if we all stick to these very strict rules of feedback, it's not it's not genuine anymore. And if you come across as a nasty person, I shouldn't say, hey, you are a nasty person, James. Mm. But if I can tell you, because you're doing this, the effect on me is that I I'm I feel awkward with you. It's it's kind of like you're a nasty person. That mm. might sound super rude and confronting, but it also yeah. helps you. Because then you know how I feel, and then it's your choice if you want to be want to change that. But it's yeah, it's okay. like you say. But sometimes you have to go to this uh, intense feedback. 
I, I don't think you're a nasty person, yeah. by the way. <laughs> no, thank you. I know not. I try not to be. Although, uh, you know, it's uh, I mean, being through sort of programs when I was in corporate, going through a 360 feedback process, and I, I found that very brutal. Uh, I must say, I didn't like what I heard a lot of the lot of what I heard um, initially. But then, when you go away and you process, I guess then you can say, right, okay, well, there's there's let me see how I can make myself a better person. And I think we all want to be the best people we can be. Um, it's just that some of us will seek feedback and actually do something about it. Do you find people do take do do change, or do they change in the short term and then go back to their previous behaviours anyway? Mm, I like that question. I always hope <laughs> that they change for the long run. Of mm-hmm. course, I don't see it all the time, but I yeah. think there are a few things that is that are very important, and one of them. One of that is the will to change and to, right. as you say, be a better person. And I think if and if it's better, you can say more effective or those kind of things, because if they understand, hey, this beha- behavior leads to what I want or need or is beneficiary for my company or my team, then usually, at least it's my experience, the behavior stays in there before, you know, the behavior okay. lasts. But if they just do it, from a shallow point of, oh, yeah, let's do this for a while, you know, those kind of things, mm-hmm. um, then I think it's difficult to do this because then they don't have a connection with a goal or a connection with behavior, and then it becomes a shallow choice. Okay. And habits are difficult to uh, to change, as we all know. Yeah. Oh, of course they are. And is are there certain things that you see more regularly than others? Are there certain behaviours which are are more prevalent that that people listening can think? Actually, do you know what? Let me think around this. Is is that something that I'm doing that I need to think about more? As a, as a manager, or would you yeah. mean in well, general? Uh, yeah, uh, within business, is there? Uh, and let's say from a leader's perspective, are there some behaviours you see more often than not that, or more regularly, which which people can think about improving? Um, yeah, I would say, let me start with the teams first, because when I go to companies, a lot of times it's, um, again, about the feedback that the team doesn't Mm -hmm. say stuff to the manager. So sometimes we have these pre-conversations and then I talk one-on-one with people about the manager or about the team. And sometimes they all tell me the same on a specific behavior they come across and that they find difficult to work with. So then I ask them, did you did you tell your manager or did you tell your team? And a lot of them say, no, we didn't. So what I always hope, and it's not that I don't want to work, but it would save a lot of people a lot of uh, uh, training sessions, is if you just say what you want to say. And if that's difficult for you, you can address that or you can work around it. So one thing I would say, please share your knowledge, share what you observe, share what you Mm do. And from the manager's point of view, I would say a lot of managers are so busy all the time that they forget to interact with their team on a different level than just, hey, guys, this is a new project. You know, so really interaction, just having a chat sometimes to investigate uh, what's really going on and not investigation like a like a police officer but yeah. yeah and you mentioned the eye contact thing before how much is verbal and non-verbal different I mean well let me rephrase that question you mentioned eye contact before 
Um, and obviously, the communication is 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 varied. How much how much is is communication non-verbal as opposed to verbal? Do you think? Well, I would say if people would understand body language a bit more, <laughs> then there would be less trouble in the world. Right. No, let me rephrase that. What I mean is, um, it's so sad that people when they want to get something across they really focus on the content they try to come up with good arguments and try to say it in the right way but the non-verbal communication will help you beyond everything i would say it's so important and if you start to understand that uh, by studying body language or maybe even go back to the part where we all understood it uh, because as, as children, we were so much more focused on that. I think that nonverbal communication can can help you through the day and really help you set uh, those goals and, and, and go further in what you want to achieve. Because one question, well, one thing that comes up a lot is there's some statistics around around body language that, that seem to be touted all the time and mm-hmm. things like communication is, you know, however many percent of one thing, well, a certain percentage of, of what you say, a certain percentage of how you say it and, and a certain percentage of body language. Mm-hmm. Um, and those statistics get ramped out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, are they true? Well, that's about the truth again. <laughs> Well, I um, I haven't studied it scientifically, so if I would have to give you like scientific numbers, um, then that is an interpretation again. But what we can mm-hmm. see, and all the studies I've studied so far, like all the books I've read and all the people I've spoken to and all the the data, so to say, would say that the most important thing that stays with you is the non-verbal communication and just we call the para-verbal communication which is sound and tone and all those kind of things so it could be 80 percent it could be 90 percent a lot of people say it's 80 percent um mm-hmm. is it true i don't know if it, it's 81 percent, so to say but what yeah. i do know is that it's really 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 important and you see if we start working with that and we start to tell people like do you understand what you're doing or can you just sit in a different way or all those kind of things that the effect is so much better than okay rewrite mm-hmm. your speech you know of course content is important but sure. yes it's really really important so is it true yeah i would say yes <laughs> okay because i i always wonder and i look at it and think well okay if it's if i i i can't remember the exact stats it's something like 80 percent is mm-hmm. is non-verbal but doesn't it change over time? Because if I stand up and I start to speak and I, I pronunciate beautifully and I have great stage presence and, and I, I use all the right tone and, and my, my body language is perfect and I talk absolute and total nonsense, <laughs> okay, people, I mean, people will know. People will pick up on that very quickly, won't they? If you if it's like absolute nonsense, yes. Of no, course. Just, just but, yeah, yeah, like you know, I was thinking Donald Trump there for a minute. You know, he just oh, just rabbits Lord. on, and but I don't often think that he has has great stage presence either. But uh, you know, but if it, it, it must change over time, mustn't I, it, through the well, course if, of a communication? If we start with Donald Trump, let, I hope it will change, and that people finally will pick up on it that it's rubbish. But that will uh, mm-hmm. that's probably taking a time. But l- let's not start with him. But of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, if it's like really rubbish, people will notice. But I always give the example of commercials. When right. you look at a commercial, and it's all it could be any product, but it's it's very visual. You know, there's music, there's there's smiley faces and everything, and there's a tagline. And sometimes when you really look at it and you really try to analyze, like what is going on on this commercial. And you still feel happy about this product because they try to influence you with the uh, mm-hmm. non-verbal, so to say, with the pictures. Um, I think you're right that it could affect you in time. So sometimes when somebody comes across in the beginning as a very nice, energetic person, uh, very smart, those kind of things, and then all of a sudden you hear rubbish, as you would say, yes, mm-hmm. that has an effect, but it doesn't mean... Um, that people will fully uh, understand that because of the, you could say, distraction on the nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. So the 20%, assuming that it's the 20 or the 21%, um, yes, that is very important. And if you talk rubbish, people will notice, but a lot of people will not. So it's also, are you alert? Are you aware? Um, yeah. No, it's very interesting to talk around. I, I always, I, I, so many people have different theories about it, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, so working with talking to someone who who works day in day out with behaviour and communication, it it makes me wonder um, whether it's perhaps time for more studies in that area to to make sense of communication as it is now, because we we communicate quite differently, mm-hmm. I guess, to the way we did twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even the way we use language has become so much more global um, that the, these things must be continually moving on, which which makes them absolutely fascinating. And March, please give us just before we because we can we can talk about this forever <laughs> and a day. But the the one thing that people could do today in their businesses, your big idea, your one golden nugget, something that they could do today to make their businesses better for today and better for the years to come. What would that be? Okay, so thank you so much for that question. I, I really like that. For, for me, I think it's very important if people observe. So observe their surroundings, themselves, uh, other people, and from that observation, become aware of the effect they have and then act upon it. So either have the same behavior, change the behavior, but really, if I would sum it up, just observe and act. Fantastic. Uh, Marcia, thank you so much. That's been absolutely fantastic chatting with you. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of The Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.